In this episode, I'm going to teach you the power of forgiveness in marriage in eight steps. Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve, and following my tools is one path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in couples counseling. Be sure to call me on the show Wednesdays and Thursdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time with your marriage questions at 303-578-0618. And be sure to follow me on social at Dr. Wyatt Fisher. Are you tired of not having open communication with your partner? Are you tired of holding things in? Are you tired of not having a safe way to express how you're really feeling? The solution is my app, Keep the Glow KTG. KTG is going to train you and your partner on how to open up about the most important topics in your life in a way that feels safe. And doing so will decrease your conflicts and increase your love. Download it today wherever you get your apps. Keep the Glow KTG. And you also will find a link for it in the show notes. So why are we talking about forgiveness in marriage, the power of forgiveness? Because your partner is going to hurt you and you're going to hurt them, whether you mean to or not. You're imperfect. They're imperfect. You're living side by side. Inevitably, feelings are going to get hurt. Needs are going to go unmet. And often that leads to bitterness. That leads to resentment. That leads to walls. So part of working through those issues is learning how to forgive. How do we forgive each other in marriage? If you don't forgive, what happens? You build walls. You have resentments. You start detaching. You start pulling away. Lack of forgiveness creates problems in marriage. However, forgiveness is hard. Forgiveness is more of a journey, not a destination. And it's often a choice based on certain things that are happening or not happening in your relationship. So I'm going to go through today eight steps that are going to facilitate the power of forgiveness in your marriage. Number eight is you have to consider your partner's past. What did they go through growing up when they were young, before they knew you, that may have contributed to their hurtful behavior toward you? So think about that for a second. Were they abused growing up? Did they see toxic behaviors growing up? Were they neglected growing up? What kind of home environment did your partner have? What kind of scars did that create for them? What kind of wounds? Because most likely, if they've hurt you, they've been hurt. They probably have experienced something in their past that contributed to their behavior that hurt you because hurt people hurt people. Number seven, consider your partner's circumstances. So when they hurt you, was there anything else in their life going on that may have contributed to their hurtful behavior? Were they going through a lot of work stress? Were they feeling really isolated in their life? Were they struggling with depression? Did they have any health issues? Were they struggling with sleep at night? Were they going through any circumstances in their life that may have increased the chances of them behaving in the way that hurt you? You have to consider their circumstances. Number six, consider your contribution. What did you do, if anything, that may have influenced your partner to behave in a way that hurt you? How did you contribute? What did you say? What did you do? What was your behavior that may have influenced their hurtful behavior that you did not like? What was your part? How did you contribute? What was the piece that you played in this cycle? Most likely, you probably did something or behaving in a way that may have influenced them to respond in a way that hurt you. Consider that. Number five, consider your past. 
So when you're on the other side of your partner's hurtful behavior, the way that that made you feel, does that remind you of anything you've ever felt growing up? Usually it taps into one of two areas. Either the way it made me feel is resembling a wound from my past. So it's tapping into a wound. Or I was never treated that way growing up, and so it's violating a value I was raised with. So you have to connect the dots here. When you're on the other side of your partner's hurtful behavior, the way that that made you feel or is making you feel, does that remind you of a wound from your past or is it violating a value from the past? That's also important information because now it says, this is not all my partner. This also has something to do with me from my past that has nothing to do with my partner. So that's why that's also important information to consider. So if you put those together so far, you're considering your partner's past, what may have contributed to their hurtful behavior. You're considering their circumstances that may have contributed. You're considering your contribution to their hurtful behavior. And you're considering your past and how your past might be influencing how you're responding to your partner's hurtful behavior. Okay, now we're going to transition into steps your partner needs to take to help you forgive them. Number four is your partner needs to own their part. So when they hear about this complaint, this thing that hurt you, they need to sift through and think about what is the piece of this complaint they can own with sincerity. How did they contribute? How did they make this worse? What are they guilty of, regardless of their past, regardless of their circumstances, regardless of what you may have done that contributed, what's their part? What are they guilty of? That's the first thing they need to do to figure out what is their piece here, and they need to own it. They need to own it by saying, I own that I have a tendency to do X, or I own that I did X. They need to figure out what they can own with all sincerity, regardless of all those other pieces and variables we've already covered. Number three, they need to empathize with you. They need to empathize with how this piece they're owning made you feel the way that it did. They need to put themselves in your shoes, considering your background, your wiring, your needs, your values, your stress points. They need to see the situation from your vantage point. And then they need to empathize with how the part they're owning made you feel. Number two, they need to apologize. It's hard to forgive someone who never apologizes. But this apology needs to be sincere and they're apologizing for the part they're owning and how that part made you feel. That's what they're apologizing for. And that's why it can be sincere because it's centered around the peace that they are owning. And number one, they need to make amends because the best way to say sorry is changed behavior. So when they're listening to this complaint you're making because of how they hurt you and they're owning their part, they're empathizing, they're apologizing. The last step they need to do is make amends because the best way to say sorry is changed behavior. But when you're making amends, you have to think through, how can I change this part I'm owning so I don't keep doing it, but how can I make changes in a way that's also gonna work for me? Because if it doesn't work for me, it's not gonna be sustainable. And the worst thing that can happen is, your partner brings up a complaint, something that hurt them, and then you listen to it, you own your part, you empathize, you apologize, you say what you're gonna do different to make amends, and then you don't do those things. You don't follow through. 
That often happens because the ideas you've generated on how to change aren't sustainable for you. So you have to really be careful here with what you're committing to working on because if you make these commitments of what you're going to change and then you don't change, that's just like throwing salt into a wound. That's going to make it even harder for your partner to forgive because it's very difficult to forgive if your partner's hurtful behavior is not changing. If they continue the exact same behavior, if you don't see them making any effort, if they're not making any progress, it's very difficult to forgive. Obviously, we can forgive inside of us. We can make those vows and we can make those commitments inside of our heart to forgive. But if your partner keeps doing the exact behavior that hurt you in the first place, it's going to make it almost impossible to fully forgive and repair in your marriage with them. So that's why if you are the one making amends, go slow, be cautious, really think through with this part you're owning. What are some changes you can make? And ask your spouse, what changes would you like for me to make? What ideas do you have? And then generate several ideas. Read some articles. Listen to some podcasts on some ideas on how to improve that piece that you're owning. Too many people make the mistake when they're making amends and they'll say something really simple like, well, I won't do that anymore. Or I'll just change. Or I'll make sure I don't say that. Or I'll be sure to start doing this. And sometimes those things work, but a lot of times it's too simple. It's much more complex than that. Think about what's made you do this behavior in the first place. What's the root of this behavior? Why have you been doing this behavior? What does it serve? What purpose does it accomplish for you? And then with all the answers to those questions, then start thinking, what are all the steps I can take to improve this part that I'm owning? I need to take that serious because if I want my partner to forgive, I have to make a sincere effort to change that exact behavior that hurt them. It's not going to be perfect. I'm going to have back steps. You're going to have back steps, right? We're going to backslide. It's inevitable. We're human. But the key is making progress, moving forward so that your partner can see that over time you are getting better. So once you've generated a lot of ideas for change, let's say you've, you've created five ideas or seven ideas. Now you need to think about which of those ideas are you most motivated to work on. That's important because then you're in control of choosing what you're going to improve in. No one's telling you what to do. No one's cornering you. No one's forcing you. You're deciding. Out of these six ideas, here's the three I'm going to really work on. Then you want to write those three ideas down. Write them somewhere where you can pull it out and look at it on a regular basis. You want to review it several times a week. Just reviewing those ideas that you're going to work on will bring it to the forefront of your mind. And when that happens, it will slowly over time change the way you think and change the way you behave. And if you blow it, when you blow it, you can go to your partner and acknowledge that you blew it and apologize and reaffirm her or him that you're going to keep working on that because you know it's an important area that has hurt them in the past. So that's the name of the game. So the power of forgiveness in marriage. Those are eight steps. Number eight, you need to consider your partner's past. Number seven, you need to consider their circumstances. Number six, you need to consider your contribution. Number five, you need to consider your past and how that's influencing how you're reacting to the hurtful behavior. Number four, they need to own their part. 
Number three, they need to empathize with how their part hurt you. Number two, they need to apologize for their part. And number one, they need to make amends that's going to be sustainable over time. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Wyatt Show. You can watch the video version on YouTube or the audio version on my podcast, The Dr. Wyatt Show, wherever you get your podcasts. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to save it and share it with one other person. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. If you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. Choice is up to you. Take care.